I don't know. Like, like, like Sam was saying, I hope that next week, by the time this episode comes out, everything is different. Um, I hope there's some heads on, on heads spikes. on spikes. Heads on spikes. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, not literally, but well, you know, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 433 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the miscellaneous programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is September 15th, 2023. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be two or three swear words in this episode. Two or three. One um, of them is shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's one down. Uh-huh. Uh, keep an eye out for the rest. It's kind of like Easter eggs. They're g- they're going to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Or do you mean spot them? <laughs> do you mean different words or instances of uh, or utterances of profanities? Uh, keep that one a mystery. Because I yeah, thought like I thought I was just preparing like the key of like, well, here's the kind of profanity you'll be expecting. Nope. You've already around. cashed in on one of the three. Sh- shit. Oh, no. Already. Oh. Okay. Well, there we go. All right, now when's the next one coming? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Uh, We'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you so much for your monthly donations to help keep the podcast running. Speaking of money grabs, Uh, I assume. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So something happened this week that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to lay a little bit of groundwork for those who are a little bit less... uh, in the industry. Well-versed in the industry. So uh, when you're making a video game, you need to have some tool to, to create it. If you're a real hardcore programming badass, you might just be like, all I need is Notepad, as in like Windows Notepad, and and uh, C++. Mm-hmm. And you just write it raw somehow. You just write this raw mm-hmm. game engine, write all the collision code, the rendering pipeline. You could do that. It would take for fucking ever. And also you would have a lot of issues with uh, trying to keep up with all the the updates of compatibility with like video card drivers and Windows updates. And what if you want to make it for iOS? Well, now you got to rewrite all the code and that that's fucked up, right? So so building the entire stack of, of the software to make your game from scratch is not really feasible for almost anybody except for the largest of dev teams. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, for example, like Starfield, I believe, is made in a proprietary engine that Bethesda uh, like works with. And, you know, that engine has its specific limitations and stuff like that. And you see that in the game, right? So, like, if you build your own engine, you've got to keep developing that engine and maintaining it and expanding it. And that's a ton of work, right? So what do we do as smaller developers? Well, we just get an off-the-shelf engine. So for our team, we use Game Maker uh, because it's super fast to develop, it's super flexible, and it's great for, for 2D. And it allows us to easily port to everything. Uh, everything. Yeah. Whatever and, we want to put and it that's on. that's a Mac, big one, iOS. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a few other engines. Uh, the most popular are Unity and Unreal. Okay. So a lot of popular games are made in these like Firewatch is made in Unity, uh, Rust, Kerbal Space Program, Hearthstone, if Cult of the Lamb. If you've played basically any indie game, you've probably in the past played, ten years you've definitely <laughs> played a game that's made in Unity. You might have played a game that's made in Game Maker, uh, and if it was really shiny, then you played one that's made in Unreal. 
That's sort of the yeah. Way. So like Fortnite, Rocket League, like these are Unreal Unreal Engine games. So uh, the interesting thing about these engines is is they're really sophisticated. They have an incredibly deep well of expertise that you can develop to get really good at working with them, and they also each have their own. Uh, programming setup, right? So like if you're using Unity, you're going to use C-sharp, but it's actually sort of like a, a an, an add-on to C-sharp uh, that Unity has their own additional layer of scripting that you can use with it for handling all the physics and everything else. So like if you've been a, a Unity developer for the past 10 years, then you have learned the shit out of, out of that. Unity C-sharp programming, right? If you wanted and to get a job, you would get a job as a Unity developer, right? It's not just yeah. a programmer who makes games. No, no, no. It's a specific yeah. engine understanding that is yeah. required. It's like with any sort of pair of programming languages where learning one programming language makes the next one easier. Like human languages too, right? Like Because you learn all these concepts that are shared between, but in the same way that if you learn Spanish, that doesn't really transfer to Chinese, you know? Like some of the concepts are there. The fact that you are able to learn... Spanish means that you have a bunch of like you've lo- you've gotten rid of a bunch of ideas about how like language works that were just narrowed to your you know we're one mm-hmm. language, but it so so like you're better positioned, but it's not transferable. And it's the same with game engines. Yeah. So you 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 might you might learn Chinese faster, but it's still going to take you a while. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you so can't you, just yeah. jump so, in and go. Right. To so China, if you needed right? somebody who knew Chinese, you wouldn't go take a Spanish speaker and be like, "Well, you can get up to speed." You would go find somebody who already speaks Chinese, right? It's the same yeah. deal with a game engine. Yeah. If you need a programmer, it, it you can a, get one for that language. Yeah, it's an expertise thing, right? Um, and on, and on top of that, you know, people develop all kinds of proprietary tools. So like in our case, we we have a, t- a huge tech stack that we built over 10 years, ranging from uh, UI frameworks to tons of like custom game code to custom web code to our deployment pipeline. And all that stuff is is 100% part of our usage of Game Maker. Yes, we like cannot we couldn't, we couldn't pick up, say, Unreal or Unity and be where we are in terms of our sophistication with deployments with a whole variety of things that we've solved already. We would have to resolve all these problems in a different way, right? Yeah. So I guess another way to put it would be like switch, if we switched from GameMaker to Unity or switch from GameMaker to Unreal, it would take us three or four years probably just to get back to where we currently are. Mm-hmm. So um, big deal. That's big deal. Choosing and, your engine. And that means like, yeah. And that means like whatever game project we were working on or whatever would not move forward in that time. We right. would just be rebuilding our expertise and, and uh, tools. Right. So in other words, if you once once you're really deep into an engine, you are in it. It has a gravity well mm-hmm. and the escape velocity required is is immense. Right. Um, and so you're trapped. Yes. Okay. So what has happened this week is uh, Unity, which, as I mentioned, is I, th- I believe it's the most popular uh, engine for off the shelf development, especially it's for used in AAA all the way down to solo. Right. Yeah. Uh, hobbyists use it. Schools use it, whatever. Um, so they announced something this week, which is so stupid that it feels like a prank, and I I feel stupid talking about it. But we we're going to talk about it because it's wild. <laughs> I just I can't I can't imagine a universe in which somebody decided to do this and then didn't immediately go wait. That's a, the dumbest fucking idea I've ever had. Right? Walk us through. Uh, Walk us through. So here's what they did. Cloud of stupidity. So the, the, the top level folks at Unity decided we need more money. 
Uh, and they announced a change to their pricing structure where normally the way it works right now as a developer is you've got sort of like different tiers of subscriptions. If you want to use Unity, you just pay Unity. You pay the company a subscription and you'll pay for a number of seats. So like if we have six people on our team, we would just subscribe for six seats or whatever, right? And we would just just pay that. Um, I don't remember if they have a revenue share concept they do not at this point. So Unreal does. Unreal, if you're using Unreal Engine, then they have a revenue share where after a certain point, you will owe a percentage of the the revenue that your game earns to uh, to Epic Games, which is the makers of Unreal Engine. I believe so, it's 5% after like a million dollars or $200,000, something like that. Yeah, but importantly, it's like it's, it's correlated to how much income you're getting, mm-hmm. right? Um, so... You can predict it and you can absorb that kind of a cost and, and whatever, right? So in both cases, like you have a predictable cost that you can understand and and it's tied to something that's measurable, right? Um, so no problem. Well, not anymore. Now, big problem because Unity announced that they are going to be, starting January 1st, uh, charging developers each time a player installs a copy of their game. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and this this fee will be anywhere from one cent to twenty cents per install, depending on a whole convoluted mess of variables about how many units have been downloaded, what tier of subscription you're in, how much revenue you've made over a certain. It's very complicated. Um, but I guess a a great analogy just to kind of show how stupid this is would be like let's say you you subscribed to Adobe and you got Photoshop. And then you're like, I want to be an artist. And you've made a ton of art and you've learned the shit out of Photoshop. And you've been paying for a Photoshop license for the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got – and you're getting commissions and you've got like a – a profile on ArtStation, you know, and you've got, you got your, your images are all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly Adobe comes out and they say, Hey artists, uh, we've decided that we're going to charge you one cent. Every time somebody looks at one of your pictures on the internet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you'd say, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't control that. And also I don't make a cent every time somebody looks at one of my pictures. That's the big one. Why should you make a cent every time somebody looks at one of my pictures? It makes no fucking sense. So I did some math on this. Okay. So let's say, and also uh, the Unity, they they tried to downplay it by saying that this fee only kicks in once you have surpassed 200,000 installs. Installs. Again, this is not, it's not revenue-based, despite the fact that it costs you money, which is, which is the kicker, right? So for example, let's say you are a solo dev and you're like, I'm just going to make a fun hobby project and you make it and then you just put it up on itch.io for free, which is a very common thing to do. Maybe you participated in a game jam, right? Whatever. You made something like Surgeon Simulator was a game jam game, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, it ended up getting millions of downloads with its little demo. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say you participate in a game jam, you put your game up there, you get <laughs> you get like 2.2 million downloads because it's a it's a small little fun dumb game and mm-hmm. you know maybe a YouTube place. Someone picks it up and plays it and they're like, yeah. ha and you get two million downloads. Boom. You get two point two million downloads. All of a sudden, uh three weeks later, you get a bill from Unity for four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is actually what this is. Yeah. So it, it has flipped the script now where 
developers who have been using Unity for all this time are suddenly shitting their pants because if their game does well, they are financially ruined. They're bankrupt. If their game gets a lot of installs. Okay. So this is, now this is like, let's say, let's say you could guarantee that every copy of the game that's installed is legitimate. As in somebody purchased it for money and they installed it a single time on a single device, right? Mm -hmm. In that extremely narrow concept of a fictional world that doesn't exist, this model would be fine in the sense that it would put a small dent in your income potentially. It'd be um, fine if you were paid, if you were if you're game. doing a, a, a paid yeah, game, it right? still wouldn't be fine if you're doing because a, you can't do demos. You can't do, you can't do, like, well, that's, that's what I'm saying is like free a, Steam <laughs> weekend, you know, like, yeah, if you do that, bankrupt. you're fucked, right? Um, but, but even more importantly, if you're making a free to play game, let's say you're making a free to play game and you average, you know, like, uh, like five cents a, a, a player, mm-hmm. right? In terms of your ads or in-app purchases or whatever, you are fucked. Because you had to pay 20 cents for each of them to install it, right? Um, if you're making a paid game, there are pirates. Yes. There's no way to distinguish between a pirated copy of a game and a legitimate copy of the game uh, unless it's an always online game. Except you're not the one deciding who's a pirate and who isn't. Unity is. Yeah. Even right? then, so because there's an engine there. Yeah, the engine, the engine doesn't know. Yeah. And on top of that, um, so like one of the things that that we know from our own uh, telemetry where when we're, when we're working on level head in early access, we hooked a bunch of telemetry so that we could see uh, like how people were progressing through the campaign and stuff like that. Well, we anonymized all that data by generating a unique ID that's just like a random string of characters, right? So we don't know who is doing what. All we know is just aggregated stats on how many people got mm-hmm. this far, right? Um, so, so this is a pretty common, common concept. It's like, you just generate a unique ID, sync that to your server, and then you save that unique ID to disk mm-hmm. on the device. Right. Um, well, if the player uninstalls your game and purges the, the save cache, that unique identifier is gone, is lost. So when they install the game again, you, you just, you treat it as a new install because you, you literally can't do anything else. There's no other way to know whether it's a reinstall or a new or first install. Yes. Right. And if this, so, so if, as we're describing this, if you're just, if you're, if it feels like it's so dumb that it, that we <laughs> have to have a misunderstanding about how this works. Uh, That's just how dumb it is. We don't. Yeah. We, <laughs> Unity has confirmed, in fact, most of the points that we were talking about here. And they did it hilariously because they were like, we want to clear up some confusion. And they just described, they just clarified exactly the points that everybody thought were true. And it was like, oh, okay, no, we weren't, we're not confused. That's not the problem here. The problem is this is bad and dumb. It's extremely bad and dumb. Okay. So now, so that's, so piracy is an issue. If you, if you make a free game. Fucked. Whether it's a whether it's a free to play game that's actually monetized, you're fucked. Whether it's a demo, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just like a jam game you made and just wanted people to play it, mm-hmm. you are fucked. Okay, so that's kind of like the framework of the of the problem. But there are more layers to it. So there are tons of developers who, for example, are planning on uh, releasing their games into Xbox Game Pass subscription services early, or, early know, next year. Netflix, as we are, right? Right. Um, so the way that those deals typically work is there's going to be some kind of fixed payment that the, the platform will pay to the developer to port the game or whatever. 
Um, and then in some cases, depending on performance of the game, if it's like one of the top performing games, the game will also generate some some kind of residuals off of the, the playtime and stuff, right? Um, but Game Pass has 25 or 30 million subscribers, right? So if you put your game on there, um, people may, you may get three or four million installs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that doesn't give you more revenue necessarily, uh, depending on the deal that you have. Yep. And so every install is is a negative. You now as a developer, you want to minimize the number of people playing your game <laughs> because it will financially ruin you. But a lot of these developers, they're on contract. Like they have a Unity game, they have already signed a deal. They have to deliver are, a game to Microsoft by They've X got date, milestones. Right? Yeah. 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 Um and on top of that, you know, if they if they go if they back out of the contract, there's probably going to be consequences with that. Mm-hmm. And the, the only recourse they have is to try to like rebuild their game in a whole new engine. And there's just no time. Yeah. Like that's no, not nobody casual, has the runway to do that. It's not like, oh, let me take my like, Google, my Excel sheet and then like save it and put it into Google Sheets. And it's like roughly the fucking same. No, like absolutely not. This is, we're talking, <laughs> yeah. you're talking burn down the studio and start a new studio, which is you, what you may as well do. If you have, say, like yeah, we do. But a new studio full of people who have no fucking idea how to use the tools that exactly. you're using, right? Like it's it's just really bad, right? And so these developers are trapped and they're panicking and they're thinking like, what, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So Unity, again, released a quote clarifying statement which is the it's 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 Mexico's going to pay for the wall levels of unhinged nonsense yes. which is they said you said hey developers don't worry about that if you're publishing on a subscription service we'll just send the bill directly to them as in Unity is going to send a bill to Microsoft. Who they don't to, have a contract with, by the who way. Who never agreed to this. <laughs> like Microsoft didn't sign any fucking end user license agreement with Unity. Like, and so. Or Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. PlayStation. And so, right. And again, like just, just to kind of really, really emphasize how deep the well of stupidity here is. Um, there are Nintendo games made with Unity. There are Marvel games. So Disney games made with unity right sony has made games with unity these are companies that are some of the most famously litigious companies in the world mm-hmm. they will sue anyone nintendo sues people who play their games on youtube yes <laughs> like, <laughs> like they don't give a fuck they'll sue you if you just if you just walk and buy right <laughs> like that's how nintendo works yeah. and so uh there's also now a bunch. So sorry. So the consequence now is like scores of developers are making public statements on Twitter, basically saying we have no choice but to pull our game. Yeah. Like, and this is come, come next year. We can't. Put, we can't. We can't do it. Yeah. Anymore, and again, like right? if, if you're having a hard time fathoming what in the fuck this is, the reality is that if this happens, it it genuinely, actually destroys. Just straight up destroys a humongous segment of the industry that currently exists, but then also like a bunch of smaller studios who just got, like are working on their first things, right? As well as game jam culture. Like the implications are fucking enormous, absolutely enormous to the point where it's like, it's as if you said, okay, you know, anybody who kicks a soccer ball now has to pay whoever the fuck makes soccer balls a cent every time you kick a soccer ball. No, it's not even that. What? It's if you get a soccer ball kicked at you, you have to pay a cent to the person who made the soccer ball. Yeah, right? sure. Like, like it's, 
It's you're a, you're as a developer, you're in the middle, and there's a person to your left, which is Unity, and there's a person to your right, which is the player. Mm-hmm. Unity. So the person to your left is watching the person to your right, and they are charging you based on what this other person is doing, mm-hmm. and you are not involved in it at all. Yeah, and right? you don't get to clarify how the fuck they're counting, and it turns out that they're somewhat blind and a little crazy. Don't actually, they're a little drunk, can't see properly. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more people on your right than there are, of course, with, with one on your left. And so it's this it's this whole thing where it's like, okay, you can't actually count. You can't actually count what you're going to tell me how many yeah, people you counted. Yeah. And after all this, they're basically saying, trust us. We'll be able to estimate this just fine. But right. also like, one of the famously <laughs> unsolved there's – there's a famous set of unsolved problems here, which is like how do you tell a pirate from a non-pirate? How do you tell you one can't. user from another user? All while protecting user privacy and all this kind of stuff, right? These are literally unsolved and unsolvable problems. And the only way this mechanism could work is if Unity had solved those problems. And one of the jokes that I've been seeing is people are like, if Unity actually has the technology to do this, they should just be selling that technology because yeah, they, can they would make, make way more money doing that than off yep. of this – absurdist, idiotic 20 yeah, cents. If there's just a basic, because because ultimately it would be a basic like API that you could just query like, hey, is this a legitimate copy of the game? Yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. And their little API would be like, yep, it is. And you'd be like, great. And then you then the game Full comes up, right? Amazing. But that's impossible, yeah. right? So, so the other kind of fucked up angle to all this is like I said, this means a developer will get charged by Unity for something the player does. Regardless sounds, of whether, yeah, if that sounds like a bad incentive for you know angry malicious gamers. actors, right? Yeah. So if there's one thing we know about about the the gamer community at large, it's that they are famously level headed and chill, <laughs> <laughs> and don't overreact to anything. They don't weaponize uh, anything. Steam review okay, bombing. So yeah, no, but really, like if if a if a game leans too political in a, in a certain direction. Well, to, to the yeah, left. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not even political. It's just if it mentions some facts that are true. That, yeah. That so, for example, like. like there's a there's a joke in in the game in the gaming community that it, if you're a video game developer, there's there's two genders, male and political, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. is like like if you do anything other than have your protagonist be a middle aged straight white man, you're apparently making a political statement, um, and you will have people get angry at you about that, depending on some things, right? And in some cases that, like right now, you can have hordes of gamers engage in review bombing campaigns. This is their way of sabotaging a game that they don't think should exist, right? But ultimately, that doesn't directly take money out of the bank account it, of the game It can studio. prevent you from making money, but it, it doesn't it can, just yeah, siphon it, money away that you already have made. Yes. And importantly... To review a game on something like Steam, you still need to buy it. And you might refund it, but like you still have to do something, right? Um, so – and like your purchase of it generates one review, right? You can't – you yourself can't do like 30,000 thumbs downs unless you bought 30,000 copies on 30,000 different Steam accounts, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, this is different because like we talked about earlier, tracking an install is dependent on – storing an identifier in a local cache, in a local save folder. Well, it's very easy to just delete the contents of a save folder and then boot the game up again, and boom, that's a new install. Then you could close the game, delete the contents of the save folder, boot it up again. And you can go fancier by, like, getting a hardware ID of some sort, right? Um, Which is... 
harder to do depends on what the what the kind of technology you're using can do and it's a much more privacy invasive thing because those are those are unique identifiers that live on your device right um, but also those are spoofable too and guess what yep. within two days now I think people have already written some scripts yeah. to spoof them some of the rust community just to see yeah they figured out that they they could put together a reinstall hardware spoofing script that will that will uh, generate a fake device ID and then do stuff that will trick the game into thinking that it's a fresh install. And they, they made a bot that can just run this thing continuously 24 hours a day, generating thousands and thousands of fake installs every day. Each one of which. On, on one machine. Each, each one, one of, of which, which costs 15, 20 cents. Right. And so now it's like, all right, now you've given players the ability to financially, rather you've given any player the ability to financially ruin a game studio uh, if the studio does something that they don't like. Yeah, and again, I want to really point this out that like Unity is used by such a humongous portion of the games industry. This is not a like, you know, oh yeah, you took like a random game engine and there's like seven people who use this thing and it's some like... This is like two thirds of the game's... development industry i would i would yes it's insane right i don't know the actual number but like it's it's an overwhelming i think for mobile it's easily it's easily that probably more than that yeah yeah Yeah, because like because uh unreal is very high fidelity and it's much i think it's much tougher to make 2d things and it's much tougher to make uh well optimized mobile games Mm -hmm. with unreal engine um and Unity is well positioned for both 2D and 3D and mobile PC, and it's easy to, to port to consoles and stuff as well, right? And so it's just it's just ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like a it's genuinely it's a cataclysmic event for the industry. I guess is the, is the easiest way to put it. And you're talking about devs who might be two or three years into a project that might be supposed to launch next year, or even maybe supposed to launch in like a couple of years. Who knows? But they have to they have no recourse. So you just have to rebuild your stuff. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. if you buy the arguments that Unity and then some apologists are making that like, oh, like really for this actually isn't a big deal. And like we can trust that you could probably work with them if something goes wrong and blah, blah, blah. Even if that were all true and this, and even if this just was a good model, it's not. But if it was, right, the way that they have applied this via their terms and their like licensing of Unity, the game engine to developers – is this absurdist thing where it's retroactive, so it applies to games that are already in the market made with other versions of Unity. They they claim, whether that's legally actually even possible is questionable. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know enough about it the means law that, in this yeah, area. It, it also, yeah, it means that every game made in Unity, ever. Ever, yeah. Ever. That beginning would of supposedly 1st. have this applied to it, right? Yeah. And, and with three months of – so this is, a, this is a fundamental change to the business relationship between the developer and Unity and all and the other platforms, right? Enacted without any initial like meaningful communication and feedback from the users with a three-month time window for people to adjust – where the primary use case for the product is to build is to build businesses around that spend two to six years using that product to develop their product, right? As in like a three-month window to adjust your business plan 
Because if they, if they, again, ignoring the fact that this, this is a stupid business model, the fact that they did it in this way where it's retroactive and gave people three months notice yeah. is all, even if it was a good move, right? <laughs> Would have been- Three months notice is not a lot of That's not time. enough time. If, yeah. if they instead were like, okay, in two years, we're going to change to this business model, right? Then it actually doesn't matter as much whether or not the business model sucks because people actually get to make a decision. Do I want to engage in this right. business relationship with Unity or not? But here, what is basically happening is everybody is being forced to uh, under the cost of them basically losing their own business, right? Yeah. So it's not a real choice they get to make unless they are in a really good position where they just have an infinite runway and they could spend the time to like actually have the options that they want. But even if you can switch to a different engine, the cost – you're now weighing the cost of doing that, which is enormous because like we said, it's a year of a studio's time at least, right? Um, so you're talking like for even a small studio, you're talking a million dollars, right, to like shift mm -hmm. to a different engine. So you still have to then decide. And you haven't, you haven't generated any – new projects or revenue in that time. Like it's yeah. just, you've just lost all that time and money. Well, it, we've, it, we've right? lost a year of a year's worth of games is what happens, right? As everybody switches to different platforms. Right. But well, and, it, and also you have career people, right. Who it's like, if yeah. your career is in unity, you're like, this is, this is what I mean by the, like the scorched yeah, earth level of destruction you're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. And, and the end result of all this is that because you, cause basically will, cause again, independent of the details, what unity signaled is, Hey, we are willing to to change the terms that we have with everybody in ways that nobody has ever seen before that have unpredictable and potentially cataclysmal consequences to you, our business partners, and to the industry as a whole. And we're basically we're willing to do that, right? We're and in willing, fact, we also, want to. That's our that's our goal. So yeah. now, even if this all gets walked back, right? There's no trust. It's all gone. Yeah, the You're trust bad. is gone, which means that people are still going to try to find ways to get away from Unity because it becomes an untrustworthy company. Uh, like, I wouldn't trust Unity. It's one of the discussions we have internally all the time with about GameMaker, right? Because our entire studios, our entire livelihoods, our employees' livelihoods, our studios' long-term success, our ability to do this for a living and not have to go out into the job market and do something else, right? Mm -hmm. Really, all hinges on what Game Maker does at this point because it's based we're on trust. so invested. So we have to trust them as a company, mm -hmm. and the moment we don't, then we, we have to start, start figuring out how. <laughs> yeah, we got to start figuring out how to exit, and that becomes one. And again, that like even the best case scenario where we decide to do that, like Seth said, we're not making games now. We're now figuring out how to secure enough transition. of a runway that we can transition, and that's what we're doing instead. And so again, there's now this yeah. like year or two year period where studios, successful studios, because they're the ones who could even make a pivot anyway. So successful studios who would be making the kinds of games that people want can't, can't, they just can't. And there's suddenly well, just they have this to scrap whatever absence, they're doing. So yeah, like just this absence of uh, games that would have existed. I, yeah, I think I, the way shorthand for me is that Unity essentially said that they're willing to destroy a large portion of the industry in order. They're to willing make to destroy product. millions of careers yeah. and tens of thousands of games. To try to to try to hit a, a quarterly earnings target, yep. like that's legit, and, and, and like it goes it goes deeper where like most of the the C suite and board members at Unity have been just massively offloading shares for the past six to twelve months. Um, so like the CEO has only sold shares this year. He's sold fifty thousand shares, um, and uh, so like I think in twenty nineteen it was or something like that that Unity had their IPO. Um, or maybe it's around like 2020. It's not too long ago. 
So they they became a publicly traded company. Yeah, that's always right. the first step in destroying your company and reputation. Is to yeah, because as public. soon as you've got your IPO, you've got you've got to hit quarterly earnings targets, and the decisions become increasingly unhinged and unethical as growth slows. Like this is just what happens with all companies, right? All publicly traded companies. Um, and even back then, they had started making some changes to their their pricing model and subscription model that developers didn't like. And they walked back, Unity walked back some of it, but to, to sort of like try to, to you know, mend the, the strained relationship that Unity had with their customers, with the developers, they, they said, hey, okay, we're going we're gonna to take our terms and conditions and we're going to put them into a GitHub repo so that everybody can see a full history of all of the changes to our terms and conditions as they happen and uh, and also, we're setting it up so that whatever the terms and conditions were at the time that you that were uh, like associated with the version of Unity that you're using, that's what you're agreeing to. Mm-hmm. So if we change Which, you know, the conditions, it that makes, makes sense, sense, right? Like that's that's yeah. that's what I would call a reasonable approach to yeah. a licensing agreement. Is that the license agreement is for the thing. That it's for the thing that you're for the using. thing that you're using, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so they said at that time, like when we change the terms, that will be a, that will be connected with an, a newer version of Unity, and then you can choose to upgrade to that version and accept the new terms, or you can stick with the old version. Which you know there is kind of a catch twenty two there as well, because like you can't just stay on an old version forever because mm-hmm. you've got to stay just up to updates. date with compatibility. But at the yeah. very least, it has the illusion of, of choice, right? Um, but in June of last year, they deleted that that repository so people can't see the terms anymore. And at the same time they did that, they also removed the section from their terms about the terms only being connected to the version that you're using. Mm-hmm. So somehow or another, for at least a year and maybe a year and a half, there's Basically been some kind of intentionality that, Well, it's because it's long right? enough that everybody will have upgraded to a new version of Unity and therefore – Agreed to the new license the new terms that doesn't right. prevent them from retroactively applying new terms because yeah so it, yeah because you can't like just supersede a license that says you can't do that that doesn't that's not how things work right but they made it so that they kind of just snuck in there and were like oh hey now you're agreeing to anything we want at any time and then once you've agreed to that then the next thing you then agree the next to thing is the bad is thing the bad, yeah, <laughs> yep. so yep. I think what's even wilder about this is that now news is coming out. That employees at Unity, you know, people who actually build the damn thing, not the C-suite, but the people working there, uh, had heard about this internally a while ago and had, of course, plenty of opinions, the same as all the game industry does, being like, this is some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And we're and also- tried to stop it. Tried to stop it. And we're also surprised about the announcement. And they're now yeah, leaving. because they, they made gross. all their concerns known internally and they're- Like, they heard about this plan and then droves of Unity employees went to their- higher level management people and they were like this is a I heard I heard about this this can't be real because it's so stupid but like don't do this here are the reasons why if anyone's actually thinking of doing this don't right so they all said this well apparently they all then, said there's like an insiders sort of like a unity insiders kind of thing they have like a slack channel or something right for people outside the company like successful indie heads and stuff mm-hmm. right because um, somebody had said that they that they were given that announcement to preview it like the day before or something in that sort of center to give feedback yeah. and they all, and of course all of them said the same thing as they were like don't do this this is going to be really bad and 
And so the, the thing that, so basically like the obvious like truth here was that the people who are deciding to do all of this stuff, um, have been doing this whole like fake feedback thing where they're like, Hey, give us your feedback. And then just fucking employees. ignoring it. Right. Yep. So they yep. go to the employees are like, what do you guys think? And the employees are like, no, don't. And then they're like, and then they're like we're going to do it though. Care. And they're like, okay, <laughs> let's go to our, let's go to our, like our, our favored, you know, like indie developers, external developers. Right. And ask them what they think about it. And then they're like, nope, don't do this. And they're like, well, I think we're going to anyway, you know, and then they launch it. And then the whole fucking world is like, Hey, maybe don't do this. And they're like, no, you just don't understand. We we're just, we're trying to make more money. And we're like, no, we get it. Mm-hmm. We get, that's we what you're trying it. to do. Yep. We understand. But don't. Yeah. But what's there to give feedback on? Like if somebody comes, like, let's say your landlord, let's say you're running a shop. Okay. You're running a shop in a busy pedestrian area. Right. And your landlord comes to you and they're like, hey, Betty, I want to get your feedback on this new policy I have. Every time somebody walks through the door. (laughs) No, every time somebody looks in your store window, I'm going to put some cameras outside. Every time somebody looks in your store window, I'm going to charge you 20 cents. Yeah, because that's advertising. Uh, What do you think about that? Well, what's your feedback on that? Then you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is in it for me? What's the upside of this? And they're like, no, there isn't any. I'm just going to take your money. Can you mm-hmm. give me some feedback about this? It's like, Don't do that, please. Yeah. No, I'm going to do that, right? Like, wh- what were they wh- – why were they even pretending to get feedback about it? You know? Like, it's such an obvious – It actually oh, feels like – Pure negative. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever, like, proofread someone's paper where they clearly didn't actually – put any fucking energy into it. And so you're like, I can't even edit this because yeah. nothing <laughs> just bad. it's so dumb or it's so bad that like, somebody says, can you proofread this? And you're like, is this a joke? <laughs> yeah. That's essentially what this is, right? It's like someone hands you a plan and they're like, look at this, look at this dumb plan. And you're like, that's just a really dumb plan. And they're like, I know, isn't it great? No, absolutely no, There's not. no, there's nothing good about this. Right. And so, so like, like, Adam and Sam were saying whether or not they backtrack on this doesn't matter anymore. Like it'll matter in the sense that if they backtrack on it at the very least, yes, uh, time develop- some developers <laughs> will, will have enough time. Yeah. It actually matters a lot, out. but it doesn't it matter to lot, the yeah. long-term survival of unity as a company. Yeah, Cause long-term nobody, nobody is going to recommend anybody pick up unity. Going forward. But, but I think it's actually right. an interesting part of the problem is, is it already looks like people are trying, like people who are have large financial stakes in Unity are tr- are in the cash extraction, like, oh, this is a failed business phase. Like this is this, this kind of behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case already where they're already like, okay, we're just going to pull as much money out as we can while this thing burns to the ground around us. And then they've made such a colossal fuck up that they've – basically guaranteed that the long-term survival of the company is now at much more risk than it was before they did this, then that actually increases their incentive to just go ahead and continue burning it down because they've, they've made it so that they can't, they can't undo this damage, right? Because, you know, I mean, there is one way they could, but the problem is that that's not how companies like public companies work, right? The one way they could is, is put some heads on some spikes you know, yeah, oh, the, entire board. Fire the, board. Entire, the entire C-suite in the entire board of directors, the whole thing. Yeah. Top. Well, and like this, yeah. this can happen. This can happen via a shareholder motion, right? So yeah. like if the shareholders come together, but again, like who holds the shares? Well, a lot of the shares, well, I guess were held by the people. Yeah, the top. They've sold them all now. So, yeah. You know, um, yeah, so this is this is uh, it's easily, unbelievable. I would say like this is I, I I went to I went to business school. I have a business degree, economics and finance. I did a lot of case studies 
I've thought a lot about business. Yeah, tell us, businessman. What's this about? I've never seen, I've never seen this bad of a business decision in any industry ever. Yeah, we just saw Twitter, folks. I mean, like, we're still seeing that. And this is, this is, it is worse. I'm just going to, it is actually worse. Actually, I think the Twitter one is comparable in, like, just the degree of destruction and, like. Except, except most people who even, even people who are successful on something like Twitter don't make their money off of that platform. But that's actually, well, that's, it, like, it, it, that's actually, uh, uh, there's a, there is a significant segment of people who, who platform, who, who basically like their platform was created by the existence of Twitter. Right. And then who continue. And this is like, especially true for like new, uh, like new web projects and like the place where there is like an active community on Twitter of people who like share mm-hmm. stuff, whatever that actually is the discovery mechanism for initial discovery. Like I, I would never say it's like the thing that makes it so that you. Oh yeah. Successful. Well, I, yeah. I guess but I it, there's it. enough stuff there. There's enough people who like truly are f- meaningfully financially impacted by the stuff that's happening at Twitter. It's not, I don't, it's not the same scale. Yeah, but, but because, the difference, right? Yeah. But the difference yeah, here yeah. is, is using unity could financially ruin you. It's yeah. not like it's not like if your stuff doesn't work out well on Twitter, you just don't get views. Yeah. It, right? But yeah, it, you it, 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 you lose you stop getting money you might have otherwise gotten. But yeah. you don't. It would be have. kind of like let's say let's say Twitter like let's say Elon Musk announces let's see he sees what Unity's doing and he's like I right. can oh god this. oh don't tell him right? please don't nobody tell him. And he goes, "You know what?" Every time somebody retweets you, I'm going to charge you 10 cents. I mean, he basically did that with the API changes. No, he he throttled the API. You know, but he but didn't make it. He didn't make it so that you yourself users, are going yeah. to get charged. No, you don't. A fuckload of money. But he made it just like with what, what Reddit is doing, right? Where they made it so that if you're trying to provide additional services on top of them using their mm-hmm. API, right? To like oh, sign in with Twitter, do you know, post things on your behalf, whatever. That kind of stuff, right? They started charging exorbitant rates for those, right? That's true. Which is the same idea, really. Like, it actually and, is the same idea. And what they did, and what happened when they did that, same thing that would happen with Unity, is they destroyed that market segment, right? But but important difference is that Reddit is a standalone platform, and <laughs> Unity is not. Yes. Unity is a tool, right? Yep. So like Reddit still exists because people use Reddit, right? And like it nobody, is, it is can the. Use, consume it is the thing that is consumed right yeah and like unity only exists because of the games made by it right and so like if you make it so that as a developer if you're just trying to decide what engine to use and then you see that wow if a bunch of pirates play my game or if i make a demo that takes off i'm fucked like as in like i'm i am i am gonna be a million dollars in debt to unity even though i haven't made a cent myself you actually cannot choose to use that engine like no that's you don't that's you, the you worst business move you could possibly make is yeah you literally can't use it yeah so they've just they've just full unity has 100 percent in one day taken themselves completely off the board yeah as a as a viable engine <laughs> i've yeah. never seen anything it's like incredible it. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible and it's again like that. i said if they backtrack it it won't matter be- because no, I think, nobody will trust them ever. I think to Adam's point, I think if you don't see every single head on a spike from this, yeah, every single head from on that top level, the board, the C-suite, and then they're saying, you know, we're bringing in someone who actually fucking makes games to run the seat, like as the CEO. Like if they don't do that whole thing, then there's there's 
I mean, there's already basically no chance, but there's then there's really no hope. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that would term. bump it up to a five percent chance. You know, I think it was, yeah, well, again, have. it's it's the amount of the thing is like people want to be able to stay on Unity because the investment cost yes. is so high. Yeah, nobody nobody wants this. So to I happen. would actually say that that they can still get away with a pretty like they'll be able to in the sh- shorter term. But by short term for games, I mean like decade actually. Or five years anyway, they'll be able to get away with doing a pretty bad job of backing it up, right? Where they don't earn back enough of people's trust, but enough where people stay on the engine when they're already on it, right? Because that's still the best option. But the amount that they're going to have to do to create, oh, right, exactly. But but, if they backtrack backtrack it to some extent, right? Yeah. But unless they can find a way to rebuild trust in in them as a company and how they're going to relate to you as a developer, the long-term impact of this this move is just the destruction of Unity because people will be finding ways to get off of it. And it's also going to create – it creates this new market, right? Because like one of the things like – that's been kind of funny to watch is all the other game engines kind of and yep. which all have their own, they all have their own ecosystems, right? I just saw GameMaker yep. announced today, I think, that they're now giving you free exports to all platforms for like three months to like yeah, help come, you shift. Come look at like, this. Right? Look they're at like, come this. check out what we got going on. And like and also like Godot, like the Godot engine is just seeing all this news, right? People love of the Godot course, engine. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, it's open source and it can do 3D. I think it's tougher to do like console ports. Yeah, they don't have of, console stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, but still, it's, it's mean, a good engine. People seem people seem to love it, right? Like the main reason that we use Game Makers because again we're invested, but also because it's one of the three game engines that you can use and basically out of the box make port stuff port stuff to all targets that that are financially viable, right? It's like, it's basically, yeah. it's Game Maker, Unity, and Unreal. Even It's weird because Game Maker isn't like, Game Maker is not, is you, people usually mention Godot and like a bunch of other I think it's just that like, that Godot are good engines, is, but they don't, they're not actually good business products because you can't build for all the different environments that you need to out of the gate. You could, well, you can because people will say you can because it's open source. Right? You can, sure, yeah. You can just you can just expand the engine yourself. Yeah, you can invest yeah. enormous amounts of your energy doing it, of course. But yeah. uh, always, always well, and, and this is even to the point where like this is such a this is such a bad move uh, that and it jeopardizes developers' uh, ability to survive so much that mm-hmm. publishers have come out and said going forward. Uh, Whenever we receive a game pitch, we will need to know whether it was made in Unity or not. Yeah, you're not even gonna be able to get funding for anything because, like, yeah, because again, the publisher would you have the publisher like the publisher is basically saying like, yeah, if 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 your game does well, then your studio ceases to exist, and then now what? Like, how do we like we've we've published your game, but you, but then you can't maintain it. Well, it's not only it's actually collapsed, worse you know? than that though because. Because you'll because you'll be governed by the license agreement that you have with Unity, and so the so what they can do with their agreement with the publisher can do with their agreement with you is they have to now say okay, given the terms you have with Unity, which means that now your revenue, quote unquote, right? Because because usually like like your agreement with the publisher is like okay, after the store cut, we take X percent, or or they'll say before the store cut, we're owed X percent, and so now you're like okay, then now the store gets that much. You calculate the percents, and then you know yeah yeah. Either way, it's like, revenue based. It's yeah. revenue based, right? And, and so now with the publisher, they're going to say okay, you now have unpredictable and potentially negative revenue, right? Because we yeah. can't step in and take our <laughs> yeah. cut until your other agreements are in, in in a way that doesn't already work with your other agreements. And because the Unity stuff is not revenue-based, 
then it yeah, can't just the, be what, because what everybody else does is they're just like, okay, well, we take our cut. You take your cut. We t-. Everybody just yeah, eats into it in this predictable way. What's so mind-blowing about this is like, they could have just done a royalty, like fucking unreal. Like they could have just, just done a 5% Nobody would, everybody would hate that, but it would be, but everybody would understand it. And they would be also, like. It's easy to do. It, you don't like this idea that they can somehow magically track everything like, i think this, yeah, this you can this track royalties like, you can track revenue well this right? well this has like this has people. tech bro stuff like all over it right because it's it's the idea of like oh we have a technical solution to this problem and, and that is because because it is true that like mm-hmm. you're it's just like with taxes right if you are a third party like unity and you say or unreal and you say like i want five percent of your revenue then part of the agreement will be that they'll probably be able to audit you if they want to but that's really expensive mm-hmm. they would have to decide to do to do that right so they're basically now saying like, well, it's up to you to actually like uphold your end of this agreement because like legally you have to, but if you don't, you know, we would have to discover that before we could actually do anything about it. And so again, just like with American style taxes, mm-hmm. um, or although unlike with American style taxes, the government does actually know how much you owe. <laughs> you just, they just won't tell you. They just won't tell you. You just have to also figure that out. But Unity can't know, right? And until yeah. they audit you or something like that. So yeah, so it's even it's even worse than all of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's worse than everything. It's th- it's just terrible. It's genuinely the dumbest shit. And I hope that by the time this podcast comes out in a couple of days, that they have walked it back at least to the point where again most of the fucking industry is destroyed. Because like I know a lot of people who are listening to this use Unity because most yeah. of the fucking industry does. And it's like it's horrible. Just straight up. It's just terrible. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, no, no, no other comments. Like, there's, just fuck these people. I mean, what? Uh, a buddy, uh, one of my WoW buddies, pinged me uh, earlier in the week and was like, "I saw this Unity announcement. I'm not really in the games industry, but like on its face, this seems really, really dumb and bad. Like, is there <laughs> something I'm missing?" And I was like. No, that's the whole thing. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> you completely summed it up. <laughs> it's exactly as dumb and bad as it looks. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the news for this week. And uh, I, I, I feel terrible for people yeah, for who it. have spent the past decade or more uh, building up teams, building up their careers and their studios and their, and their uh, you know, livelihoods on this to just like have the whole thing be, be held hostage like this. Yeah. Like it's just so fucked. I've, I've never seen anything that's yeah, fucked and it's just in the like, games industry. It's just one, it's just so stupid. Cause like the thing, the thing that you should know more than anything, if you're a business person is that the most important thing that you have, especially business to business, because there's usually yeah. more relative power between two businesses than well, there's more, business there's more to consumer, right? People relying on you. Yeah. In a and also a lot more legal risk. If, if a company is depending on your product, right? The thing that matters more than anything in the world is people's trust in your company. Because as long as they have trust, they'll keep using your thing. They'll be like, well, I might not like this, but I'll, you know, figure it out eventually. And, and like, and we've seen this with GameMaker too, because GameMaker in the time that we've been using it has been bought and sold twice, right? And the first time was to a gambling game company of all things. And at that time we were like, oh no, right? And we were we were already starting to try to figure out how do we plan an exit because we didn't trust that a random ass gambling company, right, would be a sufficiently good steward of game maker for us to continue basing our business on it. And then it turned out they got to run yeah. independently enough and then they got sold shortly enough later to Opera, who again we were like 
opera as a company oh. i'm like i kind of trust them anyway so like i wasn't nearly as worried when they went to opera i was like oh, actually like i could see them being a good steward they got of this, a good right? vibe but like they got a good vibe but then they've been like jamming in their like their g their gx games thing and like trying to get people to make games for the browser where there's no money you know because they're, tr they're trying yeah, to sell is, they're trying to sell their games right it's fine but it's, it's one of those really, things that the more yeah. they do that kind of stuff the more you can just like kind of see the game maker community uh, and us included be like we're because what we're what we're experiencing is that game maker is trying to start pushing like a their own business model into our business model right they're trying to like push us into web dev and push us into these things right but they're and so you keep on seeing these like back and forth with the community and like backlash and then game maker like pivots a little bit and tries to undo something right but there's still enough trust with game maker and mm -hmm. opera both that even as these little mistakes come in and people are like, oh, I don't like this. This seems this feels bad and gross. Then w it doesn't cause us to, to lose faith in the company completely, right? We're just like, yeah. And, and I think kind of on, on a similar line to that, it's like Unity has their own ad system and stuff like that. And with this this fucking weird like install fee, thing, yeah, they're gonna waive they, it if you use their their. They're ad gonna waive stuff. it if you monetize your game through ads through Unity ads. Yeah. Right. And so, like, it's this would be grosser. kind of like, it, so yeah, it would be kind of like if, if Game Maker, like, yeah, it's like they're working on the GX, the Opera GX game stuff, which doesn't pertain to us and doesn't pertain to most people, but like that's something that they're trying to to push, right? Uh, but it doesn't really matter yeah, for us. It's just irrelevant. I'm but if they said, hey, we're gonna now, we're gonna now like charge you, uh, I don't know, like three hundred thousand dollars a year if you publish a game on. Windows, unless you also make a GX version of it, right? Mm -hmm. Then that would be something where we'd be like, oh, this is fucked. Like, this mm -hmm. is this is way too much. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, and like, that's the point where, it, like, once you start threatening somebody's financial survival, unless they get on board with your weird business model, then like, it's not, it's not, yep. the trust is gone, right? Yep. Um, so I don't know, like, like, like Sam was saying, I hope that next week, by the time this episode comes out, everything is different. Um, I hope there's some heads on, on heads spikes. on spikes, heads on uh, spikes. <laughs> yep. uh, not literally, but well, you know, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Yeah, hope, hopefully these poor millionaire C-suite people land on their feet, you know, after they get axed. Man, they have people, golden, they have golden people just, for days. people just yeah. don't, you know, think enough about how hard it is to be. To be hundred millionaire CEO of a company, it's really hard to make catastrophically dumb decisions and face no meaningful that. consequences. You know, like yeah, can well, you imagine I'm sure, how hard that would be if that was? I'm sure was between I'm sure between now and and when this pot when this episode airs, there will be some kind of public statement that they'll make about how they had to do this. It's just as hard for them as it is for anybody else. They don't want to do it, but it's just it's just they've already going been, They've already been saying things like this. And again, the apologists for them are saying the same thing. They're just like, well, they have a right to do this. Like nobody is questioning. Well, actually, there's a legal question there because of how stupid it is. Um, but even – but like nobody's really questioning that though. They it's not like, about yeah, the right Apple's, to do it. You know, Apple's made it so we can't track people with our ad SDK as well, so we're not making as much money on ads. Yeah, it's like that's we're not. Like, oh, GDPR made it harder for us to make money on our Unity yeah, ads. That's platform. not our yeah, problem. It's like if that's if you need more money, then stop paying then your fucking C suite so much. Yeah, and or just like increase the subscription price a little bit. Well, they yeah. did that too. And actually, that's, part part of the hidden thing here is they also made it way harder to be a mid tier. Indie because they got rid of one of the, yeah. the, the, the kind of the middle of the road subscription tier, so you can now yeah. either 
not have enough because you're on the free one to like actually do what you need to do as a business, or you have to go into their like pro plan. That's like the really expensive one. So they also cut, and, and of course that's being drowned out because that, that actually definitely has just an immediate instant impact on everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's being drowned out by the just sheer and absurdity of this other part of the, th- of the announcement. Yeah. Probably a good, a good, uh, <laughs> a good analogy would be like if you if you bought something from DoorDash and they were like, "Hey, just so you know, we're going to charge you ten dollars for every mile your driver drives," mm-hmm. right? And there's no indication of like whether or not the driver is actually sticking to the route or just mm-hmm. going on loops around the city, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so like, it's just if like if they made that announcement, everyone would be like, "I'm sorry, what? Like, I, <laughs> I actually can't use this anymore." Like, it's not that I won't, it's that I actually I cannot, can't, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, this is kind of the the equivalent. So, I don't know. I hope it all changes. We'll see. And uh, good luck. It's a, good yeah, luck it'll be, it's just an interesting shakeup, you know, because there, there historically hasn't been that much drama around engines, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the game space. Um, you see a lot of it in, like, the web dev space because there's just so many, there's so many frameworks and so many everything, right? And, like, so many, and so each one is so popular because there's just so many people doing web dev. And so there's just, like, tons of drama all day, every day about the companies running these and the people involved and all this kind of stuff, right? And you see this now and then in the games industry, but it's always, like, the scale is really different because it's a smaller number of, like, teams, but with larger amounts of money kind of involved, right? And so it's a different kind yeah. of of thing. And this is this is just the biggest. This is the biggest sort of spectacle around game engines and around business to business like game engine developer publisher models. It's the biggest thing that we've seen in the time we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Like what else? It's so bad. What else <laughs> was there that was even close to this? You know. And there have been some bad uh, decisions, like NFTs, when people were trying to shove that shit and everything. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dumb, bad, right? But like, but you could just ignore. Yeah, it. You could yeah, just you could ignore just it, though, and you could just kind of laugh at how dumb it was because it didn't really matter that much, right? I mean, again, like yeah. all these things matter a lot because they have some kind of real in world specific impact, context, in specific context, right? Yeah. But in terms of yeah. like the big picture, like you could just it's destroying the industry. Is yeah, a good question, and it's like no, it's usually not. You should not come up close. Yeah, you know, and, then, and this is like and this comes along. But, but this also, and this also kind of just it demonstrates it demonstrates what what happens when things get really entrenched, you know? Because, like, at the same time, Steam has, like, a 95% market share. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they decide is going to dictate the livelihoods of developers. I think they under- they at least seem to understand the, the trust aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they they tend to not yeah. do and things And they've made some would. questionable decisions, definitely, right? They've made yeah. plenty. But you see that – and you also see that since – Epic did its big thing a couple of years ago. They suddenly got far more communicative about everything. They've suddenly started, it seems like anyways, fixing a whole lot more shit on the platform and improving it a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Unless that timing was very coincidental. Very coincidental. Which yeah. I can't believe for a second. <laughs> they got way more into the idea of very actively building trust. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't used to get fucking like, we get like monthly newsletters now from them about like all the stuff they're doing. Yeah. I trust is everything. Yeah. It's yeah. everything. Uh, in, in, a, in an industry where people have to decide, they have to pick a product to stake their whole fucking career on. Like, yeah. trust is the only thing mm-hmm. that matters at the end of the day, right? So this is just, it's catastrophic. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. the next week, and I'm sure we'll have something to say about it. So uh, that's all the time we have 
for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DaCosta, for putting the podcast together, and thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. And as always, uh, head on over to Steam and give Crashlands 2 a wish list if you'd like to help us get more visibility. It is made in Game Maker, so it will continue to exist and will be launched uh, as planned. So don't worry about that. Uh, So everybody, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.